The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1972, Part 1. In this episode, we will cover January 1st through February 5th. January 1972. Bad finger coming at you here on a Sunday in New York City. Really got pretty outside. New temperature reading 37 WABC degrees.
personally, I don't see any reason to form that group again. Paul has his new band, I have a new band. No doubt George will have a band and Ringo will have a band. People keep talking about it as if it's the end of the earth. It's only a rock group that split up. It's nothing important. You know, you have all the old records there if you want to reminisce. You have all this great music, I think. We've we're, Paul is selling more records than he ever sold as a Beatle. I'm selling more than he ever sold as a Beatle, as an individual. Between the four of us, we're, we're selling many more records than the Beatles ever did, obviously. It's like a rugby team. Sometime you have to get married and leave the boys yeah. on a Saturday night. That's how it is. John Lennon, as usual, providing a concise situation report. The group was finished. The Beatles, as a group, I'm not talking about them as a group, but as musicians, as composers. I think there'll never be, ever, a group like this again. Vic Lewis, managing director of NEMS. I think that Paul and John will go on writing songs. They'll still be as great on their own, and George as well today. And they'll leave this mark that they set on the British scene in 1963 uh, as something that will never be wiped out. This really was the beginning of British music. It was so much part of our world and so much part of the world of music. And as far as I'm concerned, about 1964, we were suffering from the musical doldrums. Nothing was happening. It was really in bad shape. And along came these four mop tops from Liverpool, the Liverpudlians. And they saved, I think, the music industry. And they, they gave us a whole new look at music. And I say, let them rest. I really get angry, very frankly, when I start reading and seeing some of these people trying to bring the Beatles back. I say baloney. I say let these people enjoy their lives. They've given us so much over the years. Let them enjoy their lives a little bit. They, they chose to leave each other and go out to develop their own things. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody that says bring the Beatles back for the good of mankind is doing something for their own selfish interests. To sell T-shirts, Beatle things, Beatle posters. I say let the Beatles enjoy their lives. They gave us so much of theirs. This is Cousin Brucey. Beatle fans, meanwhile, were finally opening their eyes to the truth about the status of their favorite foursome, mainly that it was no more. On January 6th, John and Yoko announced the formation of Joko Films Limited. On Monday, January 10th, John assists Yoko during her concert at the Alice Tully Hall in New York's Lincoln Center. Due to the failure to obtain U.S. work visas, their performance has been carried out from the seats in the audience. Throughout January, John spends most of the month mixing a new LP at the record plant in New York.
I'll just take this down and then go into the old solo right away. Yeah. If you had the luck of the Irish, and you'd be sorry and wish you was dead. You should have the luck of the Irish. Well, you'd wish you was English instead. Thousand years of torture and hunger. Those lucky people had to leave their homeland, a land full of beauty and wonder. Was raped by the British brigands. Goddamn, goddamn, goddamn. Also on January 10th in the U.S., George Harrison has learned that the three-record LP set, The Concert for Bangladesh, is still not fully being distributed to all record shops. The hassles that held back the release date of the triple set were over company clearances for the performers. Financing was also under discussion. Because at that time, we were having a bit of trouble trying to get the album out. I mean, it took long enough trying to mix it and get it ready. And once it was ready, then we had all these people hassling each other over nickels and dimes. And the result is now that if you go in a record store and try and buy it, they just won't even stock it. They wouldn't put it in the window because we tried to maximize the money for Bangladesh. And to do that, we limited the amount of dollars made by you know, the people who sell the records. I mean, instead of them making three or four dollars what they normally make, they could only make a dollar fifty. So they wouldn't even put in the window, they wouldn't sell it. But in the end, the funds netted saw their way to Bangladesh after the delay, and Harrison's promise of help and noble intentions were fulfilled. George immediately confronts Capital, who vowed to ensure full distribution. On January 12th... Swinging first into 1972 was Ringo Starr with the premiere of his latest on-screen adventure, Blind Man. The APCO film Blind Man premieres in America. He's a man with no eyes, with only one thing on his mind, 50 women. 50 mail-order brides, stolen. One man has a contract, and he's gonna deliver. I want my 50 women. Why are they your women? Because I have a contract. Now he needs to get them back. You got my women, and I want them. What do you mean? You want my woman. But somewhere in Mexico is a man called Domingo. With 50 beautiful women he stole from Blind Man. Now Blind Man wants those women back. Peace, brothers. Blind Man, Blind Man. What did he do? Stole 50 women that belonged to you. 
Tony Anthony, Ringo Starr, Blind Man. Also on January 12th, George Harrison agrees to take in a film crew as comedy actor Richard O'Sullivan stars in a Kenneth Shipman-produced soft porn film titled All Pair of Girls. Exterior shots of Friar Park and George's surrounding gardens, grottos, and lakes are used in scenes in the film. Okay. Don't bother to translate it. It means the same in any language. On January 13th, while still in Scotland, Paul McCartney begins the recording sessions for the song Mary Had a Little Lamb. During these rehearsals, a team from RKO Radio in America arrives to record an interview for their program titled Paul McCartney Now.
just called up, you know, this uh, this fella, you know, was a drummer I knew, and I said, you know, you want a drum? And I called up this guitarist, and I said, you know, do you want to play guitar and that? And here we are. I already had a pianist in my wife. Uh, this you know, this gentleman's name here is Denny Lane. He's an old school friend of mine. When I used to, at one point, you know, we were evacuated during the war. Uh, we went to Birmingham, and he was then Brian Hines, which is his original name. And uh, we used to uh, lig around a bit, you know, lig around, as they say in Birmingham, you know, lig around. And um, I met him, like, later in the Moody Blues when we toured with the Moody Blues, and this cemented our friendship. Well, I couldn't find a band good enough, what I thought was good enough, you know, to join, <laughs> to for long enough. Well, I mean, it's as simple as that. Now I feel I'm into something which I can get involved with, you know, and give. We're a band now, band. We've been rehearsing and we've done a, a B-side for a, a future single. Oh, well, we don't out. have that here, do we? No. Very good. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing plenty of work. You know, we're just... Uh, the, the idea, as far as we're concerned, is, you know, we all are people who like to be, like, like the idea of being in a band. Uh, we don't particularly like sort of... Uh, too much of the business that goes with it, you know, that seems a bit, you know what I mean, a bit of the sort of, uh, the hype and stuff, you know. time as we can to ourselves to play, that's amazing. So we've been just, uh, like, rehearsing and doing little things together and stuff, then we take a bit of time off, and then we get back together and rehearse again and stuff. We're just taking it easy, you know, we figure if it works, it'll go for quite a while, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't, too bad. And this gentleman over here is called Denny Sywell. And Denny I met in New York when we were recording Ram. He's from this country. Lehigh, Pennsylvania. Lee Heighton. Lee Heighton, Pennsylvania. But I'm with Wings because the music is unlike anything else that you hear today. Um, I, I like the idea myself of just having a sort of uh, easy little thing, a little band thing, you know, which is just like, um, well, you know, whatever, so just a band, just the plain, simple idea of a band that just plays together. But we, we're all uh, completely at liberty to go and play with anyone else, you know, if it ever strikes us. For instance, Denny's been playing with some people in Chicago, you know, knocking around. Yeah, just because it's fun to play with them. They're, they're just nice kids, you know, they make good music. Friends of mine, not kids. Well, I'm a kid too, you know. But uh, we just make some music, you know, and we have a lot of fun, and the people storm the stage and dance with us. So we're trying to get a very simple idea going, you know, which is just we're a band, you know, so we rehearse some numbers, we ad lib some numbers, we get some. And um, we're, we're trying to get it not too sort of uh, formal, you know, not too definite a pattern so that we can. Uh, but, but we want to have a framework, you know, in case you don't feel like ad libbing, you know, those times when you really don't feel like. We want to do sort of little concerts here and there, you know, not particularly sort of big seaters and stuff. We'll probably dress in basic black. On January 17th, still in Scotland, Paul is found rehearsing his new band, Wings.
keyboards terrified out of their mind all the time that's about the craziest thing you can do bringing your wife who's not had any previous musical experience well you know people couldn't accept that just we wanted to go back to square one and just become a little skiffle group again and we were back at that stage but it was the only thing i could think of to do you know and i thought i was doing just what i knew how to do Really, at the moment, what we're going to do is, see, I decide we've got to take the first step and just rehearse the group. We've been doing this a week or so now, and it's already getting much better, I think, you know, because we're beginning to play a bit tighter and a bit better. With Paul's ambition to make Wings a touring band, they felt they needed a strong lead guitarist. Here's drummer Denny Sywell. When we started, we took it to the next level and we had to go out and tour. We really needed a guitar player that could solo and stuff like that, and Denny was... He was, he was a capable guitar player, but he didn't have everything that you need to... Uh... So that's when the roadies kind of suggested that we uh, take a look at some guitar players. Like, uh, one of their buddies was Henry McCulloch. And Henry had just gotten out of the grease band, I guess. And... So they said, he's really good, you know. So he showed up to a rehearsal, and we got on well. And they brought him in. We, we had this rehearsal room. Uh, it was a little theater at the Duke of York Steps. And it was really cool. And Henry showed up one day, you know, with a cig and his red guitar. And we started playing it. It was, it was magic. He was just perfect, you know. Then, then it was a band. guitarist called Henry playing with us and um, you know there's nothing really sort of set yet but he might come in. For Henry McCulloch it was a dream job. I knew it was going to be a great gig. I think I know guitar players would have chopped a finger off to get that gig you know. One, two, three. What a great band. I mean, he's not going to have a bunch of fools around him, Paul McCartney, I can tell you. You had to know your onions, as the man says. Henry, now you were all established musicians, but Linda wasn't. Was that quite difficult for you? It was said very quickly. She's the woman I love. She's in the band, and that's it, you know. She learned her part well enough to go and play it. She did a great job. She really did.
On January 28th, in Studio C at the BBC TV Centre at Wood Lane, London, Ringo videotapes a most unusual television appearance, guesting in a non-speaking role at the tail end of an edition of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Tonight, from London, your special guests are Lulu, Ringo Starr, and the man you've all been waiting for, your host for tonight... The clip features Ringo alongside the singer Lulu sitting on a large couch waiting to be interviewed by the host of a television chat show. Ringo and Lulu wait patiently until the host arrives. Turns out to be a scruffy tramp portrayed by Python member Michael Palin who regularly appears in guise to open and close each Monty Python episode. Tramp enters and sits between them and begins his introduction. In David Frost style he says, Hello, good evening, welcome. It's... On Saturday, January 29th, Paul and Linda leave London's Heathrow Airport and head to New York where they have arranged to meet John and Yoko for dinner. During dinner, John and Paul agree to stop slagging off each other in the press. The next day, while still in New York, Paul sees on television the violent horrors imposed by the British government. In Londonderry, Northern Ireland, 13 unarmed civil rights demonstrators are shot dead by British Army paratroopers in an event that becomes known as Bloody Sunday. The protesters, all Northern Catholics, were marching in protest of the British policy of internment of suspected Irish nationalists. British authorities had ordered the march banned and sent troops to confront the demonstrators when it went ahead. The soldiers fired indiscriminately into the crowd of protesters, killing 13 and wounding 17. Both Paul McCartney and John Lennon became enraged with this event. Demonstrations had been banned at the time of internment. But on Sunday, the 30th of January, several thousand people in Derry marched towards the city centre. Factions in the Catholic community united against internment under the banner of civil rights. The army and police decided not to stop the march for fear of violence but to contain it within the bogside. At the junction of William Street and Rossville Street, the marchers passed the army barricades. A substantial number of marchers broke away from the march and turned towards the army barricade.
ritual battle began. Then the crowds fell back before the CS gas. Units waited behind the army barricades, ready to launch an arrest operation. They were members of the 1st Battalion of the Parachute Regiment, known to be one of the toughest regiments serving in Northern Ireland. Just before four o'clock, they were ordered in. Most of the rioters had dispersed. Begun when a soldier opened fire on an alleged nail bomber. In all, 108 rounds of live ammunition were fired by the army.
During the McCartney stay in New York, Paul writes a song against the British involvement in Northern Ireland. Later, he is interviewed about Wings for the radio station KHJ, but because of Paul's strong language during the discussion on Northern Ireland and the shootings, the recording has been severely edited prior to the broadcast. I've had people saying to me, should, shouldn't go talking if you're not Irish, but the point is the British army that's causing the trouble, not, not the Irish, you know, the Irish... Uh got taken over about 800 years ago, a little bit of it, by the British. You know, they injected British people into there and made it a little bit of Britain. But I, I have always really thought of it all as one place, Ireland, you know. Well, it's and one I, island anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, I see the trouble now being that uh, certain people, you know, think that um, the British shouldn't be there. And if they are there, they certainly shouldn't be sh shooting the Irish people, you know. And I think they shouldn't be, you know. It's a bit much. You, th you think the British uh, should uh, should get out? Yeah, uh, you know, eventually, that's what I think, yeah. That the solution is, is, is for Britain to give Ireland <laughs> back to the Irish? Yeah. The McCartneys fly back to London, and Paul, not wasting any time, books Island Studios in London for February 1st to record his new song titled, Give Ireland Back to the Irish.
ABC TV of America videotaped the rehearsals and get a sneak preview to the song Give Ireland Back to the Irish. London reporter George Watson is on hand and asks Paul about the new song. Paul, how did you and uh, Linda come to write Give Ireland Back to the Irish? Uh, the morning after uh, the, what they call in the newspapers Bloody Sunday, I read the newspapers and it just looked a bit wrong what uh, the British Army was doing in there. It looked uh, a bit wrong to me, so I just started on this piano and wrote uh, the song. You know, that's, that's how I did it. Were you involved in this uh, song, Linda, writing it and putting it together? I helped, yes, a bit. She helped me. Shut up! Excuse me, it's oh, the dogs. Oh, that's the dogs, yeah. This is the dogs. Troublemakers. Um, how, do, how do you feel about the Irish uh, problem? Well, I think like most things in life, um, the people should have what is theirs. And I think people, have, especially governments, went like into Jamaica and other islands and just killed off the natives and took over. And I, I think now especially we should give things back to people. People should own themselves. For the next several days, Wings resume rehearsals for their upcoming college appearances tour. The group assembles at the Institute of Contemporary Arts on the Mall in London on February the 2nd.
On Friday, February 4th, U.S. Senator Strom Thurmond addresses a memo to the U.S. Attorney General John Mitchell regarding John Lennon. The memo suggests strongly that the Lennons should be deported as undesirable aliens due to their political views and activism. The next day, to further fuel the U.S. government's sentiment on deporting the Lennons, John and Yoko are among 400 protesters outside the offices of the British Overseas Airways Corporation building in New York City. The protest is against the New York Union leaders. Their action is aimed towards the British policy in Northern Ireland. John Lennon, Yoko, New York City, all your people. John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City is your friend, came to visit New York City, you met the people from the streets, you dug the New York City people, you changed the New York City beat, John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City are your people, John Lennon, Yoko Ono, New York City is your friend. New York has a new vibration. New York City is your station. New York is your other friend. New York wants you back again. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, New York City are your people. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, New York City is your friend. You played in jams at Fillmore East, you shop and sing on New York streets, you also met the underground, walk into a freaky town. John Lennon, Yoko Ono, New York City are your people. John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City is your friend. You also came for other reasons. New York wanted to be freedom. You rapped on New York radio. You are New York's late show. John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City are your people. John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City is your friend. New York did your art and music. New York freaks know how to use it. You ducks are moving politics. You had a groovy New York trip. John Lennon, Yoko, oh no, New York City are your people.
Coming up in a moment... McCartney decided to go back to basics. The band, his family and even his dogs climbed into a van and toured the nation's universities to ask if they could play secret, unpublicised gigs. I think the only way I figured I could do it was by taking it back to where the Beatles started, just in the halls. And John and Yoko host the American TV variety talk show, The Mike Douglas Show, for the entire week. Uh, will the Beatles ever, for any reason, for a charity reason, or anything, yeah. ever perform together again? Let's say there's, uh, there's no reason why they never should do it again, but there's also no reason why they should. After this, next on Yesterday and Today. Minutes time, you'll be drawn. 
and I warn you, get ready, young man. Yeah, says the boy, I am dying, and I leave it to you. As I'm leaving, tell me what did I do? contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time! Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. Alright. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Oh, for God's sake.